Okay, it's the Great Debates program. I'm Dan Medina. I'm the moderator yes. of the Great Debates. I got my yes. iPhone. I got a timer. I'm going to put four minutes on the clock. We're going to yes. do a micro-debate. That micro-debate in which Steve Healy is taking the pro is iced coffee is more satisfying than hot chocolate. Hi, listeners. This is Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. I'm taking the side that iced coffee is more satisfying than hot chocolate. And I will take that pro easily because here's what I think. Satisfaction, that's what's gonna be the key of this debate. Iced coffee is something that gets you going, satisfies your need, your craving for coffee. Hot chocolate is a decadence. That's what's great about it. That's what's special about it. I love hot chocolate. Do not believe Dave if he tries to paint me as anti-hot chocolate. But in terms of satisfaction, not really. It's a nice treat. It's very nice after a day of sledding to have some hot chocolate. But iced coffee, I'm dying to get going. I need to kick my day into high gear. You have an iced coffee, you are ready. You are satisfied. You are ready to roll. When do you drink iced coffee? When it's hot out. When do you drink hot chocolate? When it's cold out. What happens when you drink iced coffee, <clears throat> excuse me, when it's hot out? Well, you drink the first few sips, it cools you down, Healy, let me just go for a second. It cools you down, and then what happens? The ice starts to melt, the coffee doesn't taste as good, the coffee gets watery, you don't want to drink the whole thing, but if you do drink the whole thing, it gets you, as you said, jacked up because there's caffeine in it. You don't feel any satisfaction. What you actually feel is like, at its best, energized, but at the, at the worst, you know, anxious. And that's the, that's almost the opposite of uh, satisfaction is to feel like unnerved hot chocolate on the other hand always hits the spot when was the last time you regretted getting a hot chocolate you never do what happens at the bottom of a cup of iced coffee or glass of iced coffee you get this watery yucky uh stuff that's like backwash that you don't even want to drink what happens at the bottom of hot chocolate you get the sweetest chocolatiest if you're using some good ingredients it's the best sip and that's why one of the reasons why hot chocolate is way more satisfying than iced coffee you it made gets a you big toasty mistake warm bud. on a cold night you made a big mistake bud you debated hot chocolate with a guy who loves hot chocolate and I look, I am all for hot chocolate. I love the You've said gunk, that. the dissolved powder at the bottom. Okay. But satisfying is just not the word. That's not what it is. Now, coffee is like if you are addicted to coffee, and by the way, just as almost in passing, Dave kind of skirted by the idea acting that hot uh, iced coffee is only a hot weather. Uh, thing not at all the case. I think if you observe Starbucks, we would see sure, that's 50% fine. of sales. Nor is hot no matter temperature, cold weather thing. Iced you coffee, can have it on a hot coffee, day. It's great. I've done it. Iced coffee is a nationwide uh, all-weather phenomenon now. Times have changed. Coffee doesn't have to be hot anymore. Cold brew is sweeping the land. Look, if you are addicted to coffee, cold brew is then an you iced need coffee. that coffee. That's irrelevant. You know that. Sure it is. That's a, that's a iced coffee. A cold Look, brew? Look, I'll rule out cold brew if you want, but it's basically iced coffee. It's coffee made with cold water, and then you might add some ice to it, but... Look, you want to limit it to iced coffee, iced fine. cold brew... Okay, fine. Let's just talk about iced coffee. Oh, please. I don't know, man. What? Medina? I think, I think cold brew's in there. Yeah, you know what? Cold brew's in there, too. 
You're right. Come on. And it's super satisfying. That's more condensed caffeine coffee energy than hot coffee, for that matter. But look, you know, if, if you want to play by Dave's rules, no problem. I'll win that way, too. Iced coffee is something that caffeine addicts need to have. Hot chocolate is something for kids that's nice and a little treat. Dave, as usual, is arguing from the mind of an eight-year-old. It's cool. It's one of the charming things about Dave. But it's just not really relevant to the life of most of the people on planet Earth who need that iced coffee, enjoy that hot chocolate, but are satisfied by the iced coffee. They're not going to be satisfied by the iced coffee. They're just, if by your definition, they're just like fulfilling a uh, an addiction. That's not an actual feeling. It's not actually satisfying to fulfill an addiction. Mm, this one hinges on how you define being satisfied. Does it ever? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I feel it is just scary territory. Um, It's not, the whole thing where Dave, where you tried to throw the cold brew thing in there. That's not. It's kind of grating at me a little bit. I didn't try I to throw like that cold. Was that was shot. Healy tried to throw cold brew in. No, you tried to throw cold brew out, which I think it's just a fancy name for iced coffee, and I think that was like a weird, you know. But I don't know. Anyway, iced coffee drinks. I think that I'm still feeling Healy on this. I can't tell you why, but I am. Sorry, Dave. No, whatever. Dave, That's fine. Dave, come on. <laughs> no, Dave, come on, buddy. Look, here's what I realize. There's nothing more satisfying than, than like, <laughs> having your addiction fed. Exactly. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what am I, like, what a terrible argument. Hot chocolate is unnecessary. It's yeah, just no, frivolous. You're right. you're right. But I do think, uh, now see, I was misled about cold brew. I thought cold brew was just the way that it was brewed, and it didn't refer to the temperature at which it was served. Well, you I think the idea is that brew. it is... I don't think you can. It is brewed cold, but it never is allowed to get hot. Isn't that right? Well, wait. I've got some cold brew going in my fridge right now. If I take it out, put it in the microwave, and drink it, what is it? I think it's you've cold got brew. burned cold brew. Warm cold brew. Yeah. I, brewed I thought cold. that was possible. I have no idea. I don't know. We'll I, 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 when the I first time I heard about cold brew, I went to a coffee place and was like, walked into this treacherous territory, mm-hmm. and they treated me like I was such a loser for not knowing more about cold brew. That so, shit is just not fair. I know, man. Nice. Yeah. I got over it. I don't know. But how do you treat people who don't know about what you do, Healy? I try and be respectful. Let's hope. That's one of my goals. Right. Are we in host? I chat? guess in front of them you do, and then I think we are. Yeah, and behind them behind definitely, I'm allowed to have fun with them, but not you know right. specifically. You know what the number one is about that, by the way, Dan. This is a, mm. a, a every TV writer will tell you this that people somebody will ask you if you're a writer for a TV show, what character do you write for, right? Dave, mm. you've had mm-hmm. this experience. I guess mm. I've. I don't think I've. I mean, maybe sure. Well, it's just like it's like a really odd question because it's like it imagines a really wonderful way of writing a TV show where I guess like everybody's like impersonating the character, like doing the voice or somehow you just channel that character's energy rather than you're all working on the whole problem. But it just makes me think like there must be there must be questions about other professions that I have that are as like far off from how it's done. Mm -hmm. I actually think. I'm going to stick up for that question because Great, I, I actually, it. in my experience, like 
most people are more tuned in to some characters than others. And yes, Great. you go off and you write a rough draft where you're using the voice of all the characters, but at Parks and Rec, like there were some characters that I felt I was like a little better at than others, and some of them I would Which be ones? Like, Which ones? Well, like um, April and uh, Ben Wyatt. And like Ron is fun, but that would, and like, you know, certainly feel like I had some good Ron lines, but I felt like I could, it was a little easier for me to speak in those two characters in particular. And then there were other people, then there's also times where you like defer a little bit to other writers in terms of getting the voice right of other people. But I do think, so like, I get that it's not like, it represents, like, that question, there's a certain ignorance about it of, like, well, obviously that's not how it goes. Like, you don't write for one character. But the actual answer, I think, might be a little more interesting than you think, you dismissive jerk. Very cool. I don't think I was dismissive. <laughs> I think what I said was it suggested a wondrous alternative imagination. I see. Interesting. Well, to me, check the tape. Um, check the tape. Um, but, hey, thanks for that tour behind Parks and Rec fans are going to love God, this. that was great. We could get written up on Vulture, man. That was really cool. <laughs> That's happened before, and it's to no end. There's no point to it. Anyway. What do you mean to no end? To join in the community of Parks Heads. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. Healy, what's, uh, host, what's on tap for host chat today? Well, it is Listener Appreciation Week. Whoa! It is? Yeah. Every Wait. year, I spring that by surprise on you guys. This is amazing. And this week, it's but- Listener Appreciation Week. I would, you'd never know because we didn't do a listener top at the beginning. No, we just grabbed some tops wherever. But we do the tops are one of the great things about the listeners. Their feedback uh-huh. on Twitter, emailing us, the, Boy, their that support is great. of the debate. We love that, and it just it feels great to have listeners. And I just want to. say... I don't know about you guys, but I get the great debates email on my phone as part of my sure. um, iPhone all inboxes. Sure. So uh-huh. like, you know, like I got my feed from my various you know, personal email, work email, and then great debates are in there. And every now and then I'm out and about, maybe I'm sitting down for lunch and I pull out my phone to see what's going on in my email. And there's a great email from a listener talking about some shit that they heard on the debates and either they've got an issue with mm. it, they loved it, they had a personal experience. Mm. It just makes my day every time. It's great. I love Every time. This. And then once yes. in a while we get a weird email from, what was the weird list that someone signed up for that we can't figure out who signed up for it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Somebody bought something. Sure. Oh, this is such, now this is such a bad story. It's not even a story. Are we in trouble? Did we do something bad? No, but remember like we kept getting these emails that was like, hey, customer, uh, like you bought a thing or somebody, we thought for a while Mark signed up for something. It doesn't matter. What's the point? Oh, yeah. You know, you know how emails work. Not a listener. You know, you get a couple of crazy emails. You know how life is. Um, do I have to talk about our listeners? I don't. If you want, yeah. if you appreciate if them. If you've got a, something yeah. to share, I appreciate about how them. Much you is appreciate there any special them? listener that you're thinking of right now, Dave, or that comes to mind when you think of our listeners? Mm, always thinking of my family, but my our friends too. We've got some like regular listeners who we appreciate: Ron Weiner, Eben Russell. Mm-hmm bunch of those mm-hmm. my friend jeff baina listens for some reason he always mentions it it's the only podcast he so listens nice. to and it's weird i'm like you should wow. listen to other podcasts but he won't for some reason maybe the maybe other people can appeal to him to try other podcasts um esther listens once in a while mm, yeah donut obviously that's great yeah L- love hearing that hey 
But what about you, Steve? What do you ha- like? Can you share something about our listeners that's really like personal to you? And well, I know you? we have listeners as far away as Australia. I think that's cool, and we have some listeners mm-hmm. in Sweden and other European countries. That's awesome and really nice. I like connecting with these people, and I feel like we have a. Uh, I feel like there's a type of listener mm. out there that's like mm. they're kind of like us. They're interested mm. in thinking White about things men. in a kind of funny, confusing. I actually, <laughs> I, I'm, I've been surprised by how diverse our listenership is. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It, yeah, it's nice. And sometimes people call us out. They say we have a diversity problem. We definitely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's terrible. But not uh, amongst the listeners. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. You I mean, we are what we are. Doubling down. Well, you know, we can't help what we are. <laughs> We're three guys. I guess, but don't you think we could do better? Hey, if three what? women want to do a licensed great debates, that'd be great. If three people of some other, you know, spectrum of racial, sexual, whatever identities want to do a great debates, we'd love to have them under our umbrella. Mm-hmm. We would? Also, if th- yeah. If three people that weren't like us wanted to do a totally different podcast, though. That's fine, fine, too. It's all good. I'm fine with it as long as they'd have to be called, like, the good debates or, like, the other debates they can't call themselves the great debates you're okay with it well we could we will work out a licensing deal yeah oh that's good could they be called the very the really great debates yes the diverse what if it's called the diverse debates interesting the greek debates for it's a bunch of greek people okay the brill debates that's in just improvising well, this is a the fun brill game. debates. Yeah, yeah. The brill debates. Look, should we debate? That is what we do. Yeah, probably. That's what we should do. So I've got another top, and just because it's Listener Appreciation Week, we're gonna do something that we don't normally do. We're gonna have Dave take the pro. Oh, I already and, don't like um, this. The top that Dave is gonna take the pro on. I've got it right in front of me, right here. And that topic is Dave. Are you ready? I am ready. Men, men and women need to spend more time apart. Okay, I'm Dave King. I'm taking the pro on this very problematic topic. Men and women need to spend more time apart. That doesn't mean that they also don't need to spend more time together. But what I'm saying is that they need to spend more time apart. Oh, what? <laughs> Wait one Wait second here. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is there a third condition? <laughs> There's they should many. spend more time together and more time apart? Yes. So everyone should spend more time. I'll let you talk. It's opening statements. Yeah, Let's you're right. Well, I'm glad you're asking as a point of clarification, but let me explain. Let's say, for example, <laughs> that we spend, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, these, are, these are not meant to be accurate numbers, but let's say that we spend roughly 30% of our time alone, 40% of our time in the company of other genders, and 30 mm-hmm. uh, the opposite gender and 30% of our time or let's say mixed genders to be more gender inclusive of people who identify as um, on, on any, whatever gender they identify as outside of a binary gender system and 30% of the time uh, among people who are only of our gender what I'm suggesting is that we should spend more time both with our own gender and with the other gender and less time alone, or I guess there's other situations that you would consider neither just with people of your gender or people of the opposite gender, like, I don't know, mixed company or something, or sleeping, I don't know, I could, I guess it's basically less time alone. 
Why is it important to spend more time with people of your own gender? Well, this is just off the top of my head, but recently I saw a study that said that for people to be, like for example, for people to be, to have long-term happiness in their marriage, one of the most important things is that both of the people maintain an individual social life that is, for lack of better terms, like guys night out and girls night out, and the happiest people in marriages tend to be people who spend two nights per week only with members of their gender. And I realize that it's a dangerous thing to say, to again, use a binary system, but just for the purpose of this argument, I'm picturing a situation of like a married couple wherein, um, basically like it would be better if both of them were spending more time with female the female spending more time with their female friends the man spending more time with their male friends and again i think it would be better if the, they spend more time more quality time together as well those things aren't mutually exclusive so uh, one of the other reasons that i think it's important is because men and women simply put have different interests and like men can enjoy some things that uh not necessarily like that women can't, but that women tend not to, and that is okay. And there are certain things that women uh, can enjoy that they are more prone to enjoy without the company of men. And I would say that, like, I'm not saying that we've, like, broken down gender walls in this country to the point where, like, everybody is in mixed company all the time, but perhaps the pendulum has swung a bit too far in the like it's best to be with a mixed company direction and maybe it's time we pull back on that a little bit. Wow. Here's what I just heard. A lot of nervous, gymnastic, logical gobbledygook by a guy who was afraid and uncomfortable and feeling like he was walking through a linguistic minefield. I, on the other hand, on my side... It's an can ethical make a very... minefield. It's not a linguistic minefield. Okay, even worse, an ethical minefield. Yeah. I feel like I can run straight at this from my side. Men and women need to spend more time together. However much time we're spending together, we're not using it effectively. We are we have a different huge, argument. Uh, gaps between us. There are big problems between men and women. The only way we're going to get through those kinds of things is spending time together, learning it's to irrelevant work with each to other this together. Argument. That's how we have to get there by spending more time together. Statement. I'm just trying to help him here because the argument isn't how, about how, how much, is that. How, can we hear from the moderator what the topic is again? The topic is. Uh, men and women need to spend more time apart. Yeah, and oh, Healy, you're sorry. trying to tell us why they need to spend Sorry, more I thought the topic was different. Let me go back. Yeah. I'm taking the... No, men and women are spending too much time apart. It's oh. getting weird. It's Healy's where, it's where you see that... Look, anytime you see a militia, a, a bunch of weird guys, gang, an army, anything dangerous and threatening is typically historically a group of people of one gender we once you once you get people together they kind of have to work it out they have to create some peace amongst themselves and that peace bleeds into a coexistence for everyone else it's much better for men and women to spend more time together spend less time apart cooking up schemes to screw each other over in fact the great disasters that you're kind of referring to like are tend to actually be um uh what do you call it co-ed, for lack of a better word, situations. Waco, the Hale-Bopp cult, like cults are almost always both genders. Um, like, uh, oh, the, Well, every war is basically gender segregated. Uh, any criminal gang, mafia, generally gender segregated. The bad things in life, gender segregated. Well, but that's, 
the bad things in life, like most bad things in life on that order tend to be single actors who are men. Like, though, like I don't think that they're, it's usually like men and women, or sorry, I don't think that it's like, uh, it, well, it's not like men and other men doing something bad together. Yeah, that was, I, that's a pretty good summary of like World War II. Is what? Men doing men and other men doing something bad together. <laughs> men and other men. I guess. Okay, I guess. But there were also a lot of those men were doing things that were very good. I mean, tell that to the well, soldiers of World War. Tell that to your grandfather, whoever fought in World War II, that what he was just doing was bad because he was doing it with other men. Tell your tell your grandfather that he should have spent more time with women and less time fighting with his brothers on the battlefield. I'm sure. I'm sure he would have loved to. You know, like but I'm sure don't he would have preferred that. Okay, he well, would have agreed with me. Tell the Okay, but it, but for only for the good of not having his life in danger, not for the greater good of beating the Nazis in World War II, which is what a group of men, by your account, did. I would actually argue that it was because a group of men and women were acting together like some of the greatest work in World War II was done by code breakers who were both genders working together. It was done by people in the Pentagon who were... It was done by the men, the women who, have, who were brought into places... Uh, what oh, now I've lost what track of my argument again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, but basically people did go what what I meant to say is that it's so confusing. People did people did great things when they were only with uh, only with their gender and women who worked only with other women during World War II did things that they had never done before and they were able to do that because they were brought into the workforce with other women and they were in safe places because they were with other women for the first time. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those debates that's going to come down to the sound of the debater's voice. I feel like mm -hmm. my tone is fairly calm and non-stressed. <laughs> Dave's tone is like a guy who's like in the box being interrogated by a master interrogator. So mm. I'm going to take closing statement. I'm out of here. I enjoyed the debate. Um, the single. I'm going to I'm going to point to some institutions that are single sex and that are enormous successes and suggest that we could use more of them. Wellesley College is one of the greatest colleges in the world, uh, certainly in the country, and it's, the reason is that women are. Hillary Clinton came out of there. Are you? Was that a facetious argument? Are you saying? I'm just saying. You know, like definitely everyone's talking about what an amazing job she did recently. Ooh, Healy. <laughs> You had the debate won, and then you suggested that Hillary Clinton is like, like evil or something. I got, I'm going to stop right here. Healy, I think I submit that Healy just lost the debate by suggesting that Hillary Clinton, as a Wellesley College graduate, is somehow an argument against segregation of genders for certain situations. Closing statement finished. Guys, I don't even really know what just happened, who argued what. It's too confusing. Very confusing. Me neither. Confusing. Bad debate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss it. <laughs> no verdict. Wow. No verdict. But now we have a minute or two. Yeah. Like, let's talk about what we really think here. Oh, man. I definitely Oof. got confused about the topic. Can we hear what the topic was again? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm confused, too, so I'm going to go and read it. It is, men and women need to spend more time apart. Okay, yeah. Which, here we have one of those great topics where... Yeah, it's such a they do. It's such a weird phrase because it doesn't even necessarily mean that they should spend time just with other men. They could definitely be doing, where I got confused. Yeah, it's definitely. definitely no, just they need to spend. Apart 
They could go spend more time with uh, nature by themselves, animals, with, animals, <laughs> yeah. with members of the opposite sex, same sex. Just as long as they're not whatever. intermingling with each other. <laughs> a, weird, a weird rule to have. So you have to have your part time. I actually think that my initial argument was wrong, that it does mean that they... It, it doesn't even mean that they... <laughs> so fucking confusing. But you, you were right. Listeners. It does saying that they need to spend more time apart does mean that they are spending too much time together. It's not yeah, saying that they need true. to yes. spend yes. more time yes. only with members of their own gender. That's yeah. not that's not even part of it. I was wrong felt on like many both sides were very bad. <laughs> The, it felt like there was yeah. no winner there. And I think this is a listeners. It's so rare that we see a debate fall, crash and burn to this degree. And I think it's something, hopefully, you'll think it's a special time and something that's worth kind of savoring. I feel like I we just for we our hardcore listeners who really tune in. Every, if, nah, if you just have to, this is your first debate, eh, you're not going to like it. You might not listen to the podcast again. So be it. But if you're one of those hardcore, guys, it's like it's. I think it's cool to see the guys kind of trip up and and for it all to go wrong. <laughs> I'm a listener of every single debate. I you, I'm the first listener. You could argue. I would say and so. I appreciate it. This. Debate. I think we lost Healy again, and we got to just wrap this up now. Oh, Staring yeah. at a frozen face He's, of Healy. There we go. Oh, Healy. Hey, what's there up, he guys? is. Healy, any Sorry. Uh, last Hi, words, buddy. bud? Uh, I'm happy to have it over with. Uh, lot of love to our listeners. Really appreciate them. <laughs> Let's promote togetherness out there this week. Okay, guys. Um, we'll see you next week on The Great Debates. When a man loves a woman. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caracello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.